The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the Hi guys and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, a weekly show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining me as co-host, as always, we've got Fishing Rick. How are you, mate? Uh, yeah, not bad, mate. I've got over being uh, robbed by the umpires once again, and uh, sure. I'm ready to rock and roll with our, our special guest, which is fantastic. That's it. We've got a very, very special guest on this evening. He's been tearing it up at the Maggies all year, and he's one of our 2014 player sponsors as well. Uh, we're speaking with Brendan Archie. Yeah, hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Glad to be here. Thanks for coming on. No, no worries at all. This would have to be like one of the highlights of your career so far, wouldn't it, Brendan? Joining us on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've done a few uh, media things in my time, but this is uh, definitely up there. <laughs> Good work. Talk us up. Good stuff. <laughs> That's it. Well, look, the first question I've got is uh, is how have you seen your form this year? Yeah, it was. Um... It was definitely a slow start. I'll be the first to admit that. And it was um, nowhere near where I needed to play um, early on in the year. Um, I was just struggling to, to sort of find the ball, um, sort of had to interrupt the pre-season once again. And it sort of um, took me a while to get used to playing um, to league footy again. But um, the last month, I'd, I'd say, has been um, more like me and more like the way I play and, and more like the way I need to play. So, um, yeah, it's been a bit... It's been a bit um, up and down throughout the season so far, but um, where I'm heading at the moment um, and the feeling I've got um, is really good. So I think it's um, as long as I just keep staying consistent and um, performing and helping helping the team win, then um, I'm, I'm heading in the right direction. Fantastic. Excellent. I've got, I've got one for you. Um, you know, how good is Jasper Pittard and how good a player can he become, Brendan? <laughs> Um, Jasper, yeah, he's a he's a great he's a great player. He's uh, one of the focal points down in defence for us. He's he's uh, running play and his um, his skill use is elite. So he's um, he's a really important part of our game plan um, with the way he sets us up from attack um, from defence. So yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a very very uh, highly celebrated uh, player in our team with good reason. Does he know that he's been stalked by a uh, an E grade? Footy celebrity like myself at the moment. <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not sure if he's um, if he's got onto it yet. But if he has, I think he'd be keeping it quiet. So um, <laughs> I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to ask him about it and see if he's heard anything. I'm Feel free sure. to let I'm him know. Sure I'm not sure he'd want to know though. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's something. <laughs> Look, as you said, your your form over the last month has has uh, risen quite well. That's one of the questions that we had from one of the forum users in Putty. Um, what do you sort of attribute to that uh, sharp rise in form? Um, yeah, it sort of came to um, came to a head a couple of weeks. Yeah, probably about six weeks ago, where I was I was getting really um, frustrated with myself with the way I was playing. I've I went around to all the coaches and just asked like, what can I do? You just have to work at your craft. So I um, I just took my um, my uh, extra practice and all that stuff to the next level and. And it's paying dividends, and also um, got the chance to go into the midfield. I own the trust of the um, of the team and the coaches to put me in the midfield, which has helped me a lot as well. Early early days, I was playing in the forward line, and it was a bit tough, I suppose, with um, you know John Butcher, Mason Shaw, Mitch Harvey. Um, it was a pretty tall forward line, so um, it was a bit tough. But um, since I've gone into the midfield, I've I've loved the challenge of um, performing and uh, trying to 
to match it with um with Newts and, and Youngie and players like that and Steve Summerton who are just who are ripping it this year. So it's it's a really good group to be a part of and I, I suppose because they're playing so well, it, it sort of forces me to play well and keep up with them. So, yep. um, yeah, it's it's been a few few different factors, but all of it's um all of it's been pretty positive, which is good. That's the way. It's, in, it's interesting that you said that you uh, been going around to all the coaches. There's one coach that intrigues me that I always respect him as a player at the Crows in Tyson Edwards. Do you do you have many chats with Tyson? Yeah, so Tyson's our uh, our forwards coach, so or our offense coach. So whenever there's anything um, to do with with um, forward craft or anything to do with like uh, ball use or attack or anything like that, um, all the boys go and see him. So he's a really down to earth guy as well. So if I ever need anything, I'm I'm more than um, more than happy to go and chat with him, and he's more than happy to listen. So, and obviously, I think he played 320 games or something like that. So he's got a wealth of experience, and and the way um, the way he delivers messages uh, in his coaching is really really simple and really clear and really easy to understand. So he's um, he's been great. He's been great for me and the rest of the team as well. Did he help you with that hanger you took a few weeks ago? <laughs> um, no, I think that was just uh, I was I was due for that. I haven't taken a hanger for a long time, so I um, I just sort of saw the ball coming in. I think Newt was having a shot from the fifty, and I wasn't sure if he'd be able to make the distance. But if it was a little bit higher, I would have let it go over my head for a goal. But it was just a perfect height, so I had to I had to jump at it. Um, one of the questions from Ross FC is where do you like to play on the ground um, at this stage of your career? Do you see yourself more as a midfielder? Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I played my junior footy as a midfielder, so I think that's what I was drafted as, sort of, um, I suppose a, a big body midfielder, and that's where I enjoy playing the most, because I like the, um, like the contested situations and, and being the person that can win your own footy, so, I mean, stoppage is basically a four-on-four, um, challenge, and I like to be the one that wins the challenge, so, yep. um, yeah, midfield definitely, um, but I also don't mind going up forward as well, and, and doing my bit up there as well, trying to help the team score. So, um, yeah, anywhere, anywhere, but midfield would be my preference. Well, you've been doing the tagging roles a few times recently, haven't you? That's sort of been bringing you into the midfield as well. Yeah, yeah, Buddha's given me some um, some challenges. He he challenged me early on in the year and said, um, you need to, um, you know, start start playing some really competitive footy. So he gave me the job of tagging a few players. So, uh, and that was really good for me, for my one, to get me into the game, but two, just to, to practice that competitive sort of um, game style where I've got one person to worry about and I have to beat him. So, yeah, that was really good by the coaches to um, to show that faith in me to um, to lock down some some uh, important players. So it's um, it's done me a world of good. And um, hopefully yeah, now I can just, um, you know, start focusing on doing my bit in the midfield a bit more. Um, and if, if need be, then I know I can uh, go on to someone and, and shut them down. And just quickly, uh, has Buddha have you know? Has there been a change in Buddha since um, last year? Or I guess he was a, an assistant coach just with the power, but now he's obviously the head coach of the of the Maggies. Is it any change, or is it just ex- exactly the same, just a different role? No, Buddha's Buddha's the top top of bloke that that won't change for anyone or anything. He's just a genuine genuine uh, footy lover. He just loves the team, loves loves the game, and. And it's just a different role, I guess. He's he's been a great coach so far. He's all about, you know, it doesn't matter what the personnel is. It's all about effort and attitude, and and um, he's really big on, you know, developing that team bond because we haven't, you know, really played that much footy together. Um, we're all from, you know, we train together and stuff, but there's contracted players, and this is our first year as as the one club. So um, he's just really big on us. You know, we've got to stand stand together, and every game we play, we we've got something to prove, and it's up to us to. 
to stick together and, and build that team chemistry because that's what's going to win games, um, that attitude and the wanting to, to play for each other. Well, I'm hogging the questions here, but you've let in <laughs> you've let in perfectly to one other quick one from me, and then I'll let Macca ask away. Is you just mentioned the one club? Have you have you noticed uh, a difference this year from the say previous two seasons um, uh, with the one club merger? Yeah, it's definitely definitely been very positive. Um, it's just you know I'll, you've probably heard of it before, but. Um, you'd, you'd hear one message at the power that they want you to do when you go to the SANFL team and you wouldn't have any control over what they want you to do, how they want you to play and, and uh, the game style, all that stuff different. But now with the one club, obviously, it just comes straight from the top and, and trickles all the way through. So the messages we're getting are exactly the same that um, that Ken Hinckley's giving and the same message that Gary Hawking's giving. So it's um, it's been great. And, and also to actually play with the guys you train with for the last, you know, three or so years or however long anyone's been at the club to actually finally play with the blokes you've, you've been working with is, is just great as well. So, um, we've, we've loved everyone on the team's loved it so far. And even the contracted boys, I mean, I, I was a part of the Magpies before the one club thing. So I knew a lot of the contracted boys, but even they've just become, they are the team. So we've, um, we've definitely come a long way in, um, in turning that into a, a genuine team, uh, chemistry and team bond and, yeah, I love playing. I love playing with the boys. Fantastic. The last question I've got is from a, a user called Kometsky, which is um, at this stage in your career, uh, you, you were drafted as a long-term development type player. And what areas of your game do you think you've got the most uh, room for improvement in? Um, it would probably be that, um, I suppose, if I could compare myself to some player, the Ollie Wines and the fact that he's just so strong around stoppages and for such a young player as well. So the way he goes about just really attacking blokes and being really ruthless and using his strong body is uh, what I need to do. I need to start being a, um, a dominant force around stoppage and uh, once I can get that consistently into my game, then um, that would uh, be huge for me. So um, there's a lot of other things as well. Like You can never stop improving. So the skill aspect, um, you know, marking, kicking, all that sort of stuff. But... Um, for me, it's just learning how to be a really strong-bodied midfielder and and become a bit of a, I suppose a you know like an Ollie Wines sort of player. How's the uh, how's the injuries holding up? You're starting to get the strength in the body and uh, get a bit more resilient to the stronger demands of footy. Yeah, yeah. It's um, well, my first couple of years, are sort of uh, my body let me down a little bit. I've had um, I've had two surgeries now on my knee um, with patella tendonitis, so that was a bit of a setback, but. Uh, my knee's feeling better than it's ever been before, and and I've got uh, yeah touch wood no injuries, so I'm, I'm feeling really good, and um, I'm I feel like I'm running out games better than I ever have before. So it's um yeah it's all it's all looking pretty well, um all well and good. So hopefully I can just um keep it up for the next ten or so rounds or whatever there is to go, um finish off really strong to the year. Well, we'll go on to our SANFL review, which, uh, you know, we played Sturter on the Oval on Saturday and we won by 20 points. It was 12 goals, 11, 8 goals, 15. Robbie Young kicked four goals in his best game at SANFL level. Uh, Mason Shaw continued his fantastic form with three goals and uh, Jakey Need kicked a couple in the last quarter uh, to seal the game. Uh, it was a pretty tight game, Brendan. How, how was it out there? Yeah, well, obviously we, um, we lost the week before uh, to West Adelaide and we were... 
we were very um, that sat in our guts for a long time. Uh, we weren't happy with how we went about it, so we were really looking forward to the Sturt game as a chance to redeem ourselves. Um, and it was a very very tight game. It was first versus second. It was always going to be a tough one. Yep. Um, but I think in the end, we just we really just wanted to play for each other. We we spoke about um, you know family and and how we've become a family and what we do for family members. So we um, we just really wanted to to win for each other. Um, just so we can, you know, get that winning feeling back and get that positive feeling back because the loss to West Adelaide really, um, you know, sat in our guts. So it was a really, it was a tough game. Um, but, yeah, lucky, lucky enough we were able to stick to our structures and, and it paid off in a, in a really close game. Well, the condition, conditions seemed a bit wild and woolly there. The, the wind was definitely playing havoc out there. Yeah, it was it was very windy. Um, the, the weather was sort of threatening, but it didn't really rain too much. But... Um, I think the damage was done anyway. The the, the deck was pretty muddy and um, it was it was really windy. So going to uh, going into the wind was a bit of a struggle. Pretty hard to score and kick straight. Um, but you know that's that's the same for both teams. So it can never really be an excuse to to how if you win or lose, you just have to play play footy and have that that uh, hard working attitude. And um, that's what Gary Hawkins instilled in us and it's what we live by. So if we know we just we play for each other and and do everything we can to win, then more often than not we will. Well, I thought I thought you had a pretty strong game on the on the weekend. You did some nice things. So, um, uh, who else uh, who else had a, a good game from your perspective for the team? Um, well, Aaron Young um, definitely uh, responded to um, coming back to the SNFL team. I think he showed that he's more than more than capable of playing AFL. Um, ben Newton continued his really good form as well. He's just been an absolute dominating force in the midfield for us all year. Um, Steve Summerton, who's just been an absolute brilliant captain this year as well. Just continues to keep playing well. And, um, yeah, Robbie Young and Mason Shaw, really good up forward. And um, Tom Cleary and uh, Cam O'Shea, really strong down back as well. So, um, yeah, it's sort of hard to hard to pick a few best because everyone's playing so well. Um, mm. But, yeah, that, those are just a few names that have, um, you know, been pretty consistent all year as well. Well, we might need um, Tom Cleary and Cam O'Shea in the the seniors this week if uh, Alipati and uh, Jackson don't get up. Yeah, exactly. That's um, depending on how serious the injuries are. It's going to be a big loss for us, but that's that's the good thing about it, I suppose. We've got good good form in the SNFL, so we've got we've got blokes ready to come in to um, you know replace those that get injured or or whatever happens. So um, I think, although it is a huge loss, we we have you know faith in everyone on our, on our list to um, perform when it counts. What have you thought of Cleary so far this season, Mackie? You'd be quite confident of him coming into the senior side. He's been super consistent, I've thought. Yeah, he's been fantastic. And, you know, in any other year, he probably would have played some more AFL, I would have thought. Yeah, I guess I guess you guys know if the senior sides, Brendan, are doing well, you just got to keep performing your task and racking up the numbers and eventually the opportunity will come and... Yeah, I mean, Tom Logan's testament to that, and I'm sure his opportunity will come again. And like you said, I thought Aaron Young was fantastic with his influence in the in the game, and uh, I don't think he's far away from another recall either. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it is it is tough when the AFL team's doing really well to, to get games, but then you think about it, the AFL team's doing really well, so you can't really complain. We're, we're playing really good mm. footy. Um, but it's just up to you know the, to us as players to just keep, keep knocking on the door because... As soon as um, as soon as someone in the AFL slips up, then there's there's um, blokes ready to come up. So it just it just means it's a str- it's a strong, healthy list. Blokes have to perform, which is 
the environment you want. You want an environment of high performance, and, and that's what that's what we were lucky enough to have this year. So it just keeps everyone on their toes. Not, nothing certain. There's always always blokes knocking at the door, and and um, yeah. So you know you can never really be guaranteed a game, which is which is great, which is what we want. So sorry, Mac, Mac Mason Shaw. Um, you know he's been in pretty good form over the last few weeks. Is do you do you, is his is he physically ready to to maybe get an opportunity at AFL level? Or because I mean this is what his second year in the system. Yeah. Um, so uh, you reckon if his opportunity came, do you think he'd be ready for it? He's definitely uh, had a, a very very nice few weeks. I think he he started off the year with a bit of a wrist injury, um, so he missed you know the first half of the season, which was unfortunate. But since coming in, he's he's definitely had an immediate impact. Um, but he he knows that it, it doesn't stop there. He's got plenty of work to do because um, he he wants to be the best he can be. So I know he's doing his, his plenty of extras and plenty of, of craft and working with the coaches really closely. So um, if he just keeps that up and and the opportunity presents, then he um, he just has to make sure he's ready to go because um, you know he's got all the assets. He's strong. He can take a mark. He's got a great kick. So um, it's just up to him to be absolutely 100% ready and the coaches to have faith in him, which. I'm sure the event, the opportunity will eventually come around. Is there any of the SANFL contracted players that you think could uh, could make a, a bit of a play for AFL level? That's a that's a good question. Um, yeah, definitely. There's some absolutely talented um, talented boys as part of the contracted um, Maggie's list. So I always um, thought Steve Summerton's a he's a freak. I don't know how he racks up so many touches each <laughs> week, but so he's he's a very talented player. Robbie Young's showing some really Athletic, flair, um, been pretty consistent throughout the year. Um, Anthony Beamans is just a brute. He's just strong and his running's unbelievable. Um, Danny Butcher obviously was on the list last year as well. So I'm sure if he keeps going the way he's going, he might attract the attention of another AFL team. Um, ben Sawford, um, Zach Hawkins. Um, I'm not sure. Anthony Bruggerman, no, Angus Bruggerman, sorry. Benny Harron. So they're, they're all really talented players and they've been playing well all year, so who knows? I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's AFL teams out there watching our games, so that'd be every chance, I, I guess. Yep. Are you confident come finals time that we can get the job done this year? I'm. I think we'll, we'll, the way we play and our game plan and our structures and the 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 team bond we're building, if we if we're able to stick to our structures and and bring that defensive and that effort and attitude every week, then I I think I don't think there's um, I don't think we can lose when we're when we're on our 100% game, but it's just those games where we slip um, and let let those things go away from the little things that make us a good club. That's when that's when the losses start. So, you know, it's it, it just depends on how much effort we bring on the day, and and hopefully I have every faith in the boys that they um, that they'll bring the effort um, when it counts. But it's just you know it's just a matter of turning up and uh, getting the job done. What's it been like um, on the field in terms of the one club? Um, in terms from the opposition players, is there a lot of sort of backlash uh, from those players about the whole one club situation? Um, I haven't felt it too much, to be honest. If I was if I was a part of another SANFL team, wasn't on a list, I'd love to to play against um, um, you know like the the, the Maggies because it would just be such a good challenge. And I just think it's only making South Australian footy better because it's just you know it's it's just another. Um, team into the into the league that's sort of you know making um, sort of just making it more competitive I guess so um, yeah I I, don't, I wouldn't expect there wouldn't would be too much backlash because I think it's just good fair say footy um, 
And um, yeah, if I was on the on the other side of um, the fence, then I think I'd be I'd really enjoy challenging an um, an AFL team. Yep. I think you're on the money there, Brendan, and it, it's going to make the competition more uh, competitive. And like you just said, people you want to strive to beat you guys in a way, really, isn't it? To sort of prove a point that you know, hey, we're just as good as you guys. And um, yeah, I think it's a healthy uh, healthy rivalry. And the other thing I, I thought you might want to know: Did you know you're actually talking with uh, uh, football royalty tonight, and uh, and you know I actually call Macca Lord Macca because uh, he actually writes the reviews for Big Footy, and they actually get on the Port Adelaide website at the end of uh, every weekend, and you know so he's a bit of a uh, bit oh, of a voice. so uh, yeah, very well informed. So you write the uh, is it the SNFL or the AFL or both? Uh, the AFL. I'd love to write the SNFL ones as well, but uh, they haven't come forward with that yet. So. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Absolutely. I hope my my buddy was in your top five, I take it, Macca. Jasper? Yeah. He was number two, mate. He was fantastic. <laughs> Only he, did play, he did play a great game. Played very well. He was unstoppable yeah, down back. He, I think he silenced a few critics on the weekend. I thought he, I, seriously, I thought he had a great game. He was very, very influential. And I guess there's another segue for you, Macca. That's it. We'll have a, a, a bit of a, we won't keep you for too much longer, mate, but uh, we'll have a bit of a quick chat about the show. Now, what was the, uh, what was your thoughts on the game yesterday? Yeah, obviously we were, um, we were pretty disappointed with how we, um, we went about the game. We, we had a few um, KPIs and a few targets we set that we didn't quite, quite um, get, but that's, that's full credit to the Crows. They definitely brought their A game and we, um, we, for the first time this year, we sort of felt like we couldn't go with it, couldn't um, quite match their intensity so they um they played really well but uh, we had a huge huge focus on um winning stoppage getting stoppage success but um Jacobs was on fire and Dangerfield was good in there as well so um yeah they they beat us at the the things we wanted to beat them at and I guess they deserved the win on the day more than we did that's it what's the morale of the playing group like today oh we had our review today and and we 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 don't get too down in the dump. We we take what we can from the game and we and we move on. It's only a six day turnaround, which is which is a good thing. So we can just set our sights straight onto Essendon. But um, yeah, look, it's just every game you you can't just focus on the negatives. You gotta you gotta take what you can out of it. You gotta learn and and um and make use that to make you better and move on. So that's what we've done today. We did the review. We got it out of the way and and Kenny's just told us to get ready for a big game against Essendon. So um, the boys. Probably already already out of their mind. They're ready for training. Big training session tomorrow, and and getting stuck into the bombers on uh, Saturday. Without saying too much, um, and there might be nothing to say at all with this question anyway. Was has training been different over the last couple of weeks? Some people thought maybe they've been the boys have been training a bit harder and and caused them to be a bit flat. To me, it just seemed like the crows were really keyed up for this game and just went. 100% and we were a couple of percent off and that looked like the difference in the game in the end. Yeah, I don't think it's got anything to do with our training load. We we love training at a high intensity. Um, that's the only way you're going to get better. So, um, no, that had nothing to do with it. The way we train is, is um, it's been specifically tailored for us and what we need to do, we get we get as much as we can out of the session. So, um, nah, I don't, I'm not sure where those, um, those comments have come from, but they're certainly not true. It was just... Just on the day, just yeah, like you said, the um the crows were just more on than we were. So who who did who stood out for you from the port perspective? Who did you who did you think still st- stood up and played a great game on the weekend? I thought Travis Boak was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say, obviously Boakie's been an outstanding leader. 
Um, he just stood up again. He continues to stand up and lead the way. Um, couldn't ask for a better captain. Um, Jasper, as you said, was great down back. Ollie was great. Ollie, yeah, round stoppages, like I was saying. Yeah, Ollie, he did really well. Um, but, yeah, that, that's the only thing. You know, normally we have, have a lot more players to choose from, but um, I think there was every, everyone could have offered a little bit more, which is, you know, sort of why we, you know, got the result we did. But um, knowing knowing the teammates, knowing my teammates, they'll, they'll bounce back for for a big week uh, of training and then a game against Essendon, they're, um, they're pumped for it. So the review yeah, process on a Monday, um, what happens there? Is that done as a group or do you go into sort of individual sections of the ground or is it done individually? No, we have a, um, a big team meeting um, where everyone's involved, um, everyone from the NFL, everyone from the AFL, all the coaches are involved with that. Yep. Um, we, you know, we go through the notes, what we can learn, what we can improve on, what we did wrong, all that sort of stuff. And then, um, then later on in the day and throughout the week, we have our, of our sort of our, our line meetings, I guess. So, um, yeah, we have one big one together. We um, take what we can out of it, and then we break up into our smaller groups later on in the week. And what about, you know, I remember when Ken started, he had a ethos that he wanted to make sure that he spoke to every single player at least once a week. Is he he's still able to do that, or is, is the workload getting a bit busy for him to get around to every player at least once a week and have a chat? No, I think no matter how big the workload is, Ken will always find time. That's why he's a great coach. He... He, he uh, knows and recognises how important relationships with players are, and and that's what you know. That's why we have complete trust in him, and, and he has trust in us because we, we're building that relationship. So, no, every week he, he manages to find time to get around to everyone and to have a quick chat and, and make sure everything's going all right. And that's you know just full credit to the coach. That's why that's why he's such a renowned um, renowned coach, and that's why he's he's got this group galvanised and and are uh, playing the way we are. Do you find uh, is it? He seems like a really honest, straight to the point sort of guy. Is is that how he is? And do you do you like that brutal honesty? Yeah, absolutely. I think in in the, such a high uh, intensity, high performance environment like the AFL system is, you just need honesty. You can't have people beating around the bush. You need to be straight to the point. And I don't think I've, I've met a more honest man than Kenny, which is exactly what we need. So, um, no, nah, everything. Yeah, it's just it's all um, all perfect and all all. Um, you know, all the little things add up, and that's why we're that's why we're doing um, getting what we are, what getting what we are. That's why we're um, yeah playing the footy we are. Well, at least you know where you stand. You know, if 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 he, if there's a guy and he's saying you got to do this, this, and this, and this is what I expect from you. Well, and then if you do that, you're going to ultimately get rewarded. At least you know what you got to work work to. And I mean, I mean, if he's doing that, I mean, what else can you expect? I mean, with his time load, it'd be hard. So it's it's a great thing that he he can do that. And you know, he comes across to me as we're pretty lucky to have him as a coach. And some comparisons have been made with him to the great John Cale. So hopefully, you guys and him get all that success. I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've got. I think we've got we've got great people around the club, um, and we're all just you know on the same page and heading in the same direction. So. We've got all the uh, all the ingredients there. It's just a matter of um, of it all coming together. Um, uh, so hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll get what we deserve. Um, that's that's basically the bottom line. So, what's your Sorry, goals um, for the uh, for the rest of the season? What are my goals? Yeah. Um, oh, well, obviously, just to keep playing consistent uh, Magpies footy. Um, that's all I can do, really. I mean, opportunities they're going to arise, but it's whether I'm you know ready there. To, and ready to take them. So, um, or all, all I'm focusing on is just playing, playing the best footy I can with the um, remaining rounds of the year. 
Um, so that'll just involve me, you know, recovering as best I can and working on the things I need to work on. Um, so I'm not, I'm not, you know, setting my sights on something too dramatic. It's just playing good footy week in, week out. It's a bit of a cliche, but that's exactly what I'm, what I'm doing. Yeah. I have one last question for you, mate, and then I'm have, I'll let you go. Um, Everyone seems to be doing these uh, trick shot videos. Are you going to come out with one soon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind. I don't know if I could if I could do it though. I think um, uh, I think the boys spent a fair bit of time making them, so it might be a little bit a little bit longer if I tried to do it. So we'll, we'll wait and see. I'll try and get a, maybe a few goals in the year, and then see what the the club wants me to do. But until then, uh, I've got no, haven't got very much interest in trying one of those. Well, mate, thank you so much for giving up your time this evening to talk to us about the Port Adelaide Footy Club and, and your own form. Um, you know, from all of us at Big Footy, we wish you the very best for the rest of the season and, you know, we hope to see you in the power colours soon. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me. Too easy. Yeah, cheers, Brennan. Thanks, mate. So, Macca, uh, what's your love and hate for this weekend, mate? Mate, my love was uh, was Youngie going back and having a ripper game at the SANFL. Uh, it could well be the last time he plays SANFL for a while because I reckon he's a, he's a surety to come back in next week. Um, and, you know, he deserves more game time than what he's getting, I think. You know, he's been a fantastic sub, but, you know, I think it's time to, uh, to give him some full games and see how he develops there. I didn't actually get to see all of the game I was working at the time, but... Um... I sort of have my TV positioned at the office quite craftily so I can peer through the door to see it. And in the first quarter, he, he just stood out head and shoulders above everyone else, I thought, from the glimpses that I saw. Absolutely. It was like he said, no, nah, I don't want to play at this level anymore. I'm going to do whatever I can to, uh, to get back into, uh, into the AFL side. Did you pay much attention to his stats? Did he pull up good stats for the game? Oh, he dominated. Yeah, he had fantastic stats. I think he had something like 36 touches, uh, 10 clearances, uh, five or six inside fifties and a goal, so you know he dominated. Well, you'd, you'd think he'd have to come be straight back in, really. You would think so, yeah. And and I'd be hoping that he uh, um, gets a full game for a couple of games too. I'd imagine. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I would good hope good so. luck, Macca. That's it. Uh, my hate is uh, having the crows on toast in that second quarter and not delivering. You know, we we had them on the ropes and uh, and put the gloves away. You know, it just wasn't good enough. Yeah, I agree, and I, I think um, that's probably one criticism of uh, the Humphrey at the moment, I think, is his uh, set-shot goal-kicking under pressure. He seems to be crumbling a little bit lately. Yes, I've been a bit critical of him on the forum uh, the last couple of days, and I just don't think he does enough, um, especially in big games. It was ever since that first showdown last year where he, he got us back into the game and everyone was talking up as, uh, as Mr Brownlow, um, mm. you know, I, I think he's, uh, he's struggled since then to really make a, a big impact up forward. Um, obviously mm. he's doing a lot of around the groundwork and, and taking lots of marks. His stats are still pretty good, but in terms of up forward, especially as we're only playing the two key forwards with him and Schultz, he needs to hit the scoreboard a lot more than he's doing. And in the, uh, I think in the six, uh, high pressure games that we've had so far this year. So the two showdowns. And then the big games against Hawthorne, Geelong and Frio and Sydney, he's only kicked three goals in those six games. Mm. He just yeah, he just seems to lack a little bit of confidence under pressure, especially with his set shot goal kicking. 
Um, I think uh, it's plagued his whole career, to be honest. Ever since that sort of mm. 2007 grand final, going through to the uh, the kick after the siren against Gold Coast, um, and you know, ever, ever since then, the, you know, if the pressure's on and, and we need a clutch goal from him, um, it just doesn't seem to happen. Could this be the turning point of with some injuries of uh, Justin Westhoff, the uh, the game playing centre half back? Oh, look, I'd probably prefer to, to bring Cleary in, to be honest, and keep Westhoff up forward. I think um, structurally we need another key forward up there to give both mm. him and, and Schultz a bit of a rest. And I think, um, yeah, it would make us a better side having a third uh, toll up forward, I think. Mm. What about yeah, you, um, love and hate, mate? Mate, my love was uh, Jasper Pittard. What a game. <laughs> Hey, I was, was going to, I was going to sing that little song. What is it? We're, we're turning Jasper Pittard. We're turning Jasper Pittard. Really think so? <laughs> I thought, uh, I thought he, I thought he was fantastic, you know. And I've been joking around all year about the the Jasper Pittard loving. I sort of like to support the underdog, and he, he's been criticised quite heavily, as we all know. And uh, you know, we spoke about it, uh, you know, a few times now. But I thought he really stood up. He had a clean game, dispose wise, no brain farts. Um, you know, good run, run and carry still, and delivery. I mean, it was the perfect, uh, the perfect game from Jasper, and and hopefully yeah. uh, we deliver on that. And I think he would. The Crows might have left him a little bit unaccountable, which was, you know, probably the opposite of what you want to do with him. You want to sort of put a bit of pressure on him because that's when he can make those mistakes. So it was a bit Absolutely. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess right. Yeah, my hate is, uh, I'll bring this up now so we're not uh, covering over the cracks of some of the real issues I guess we had from the weekend, but I did hate the inconsistency of the umpiring. Um, I did think the 19th man may have been an influence there, but um, I don't know, I'm going off the top of my head here, but I think they had maybe five or six uh, set shots on goal. Um, Jarman Impey was crucified, which led to a goal. Um, you know, Eddie Betts, you know, I just don't think, that free kick, which resulted in a goal, was a goal. Um, you know, Sam Jacobs tripping over his own feet results in a goal. Um, you know, there was, uh, I think, Paddy D got a really soft free kick. I can't remember if he kicked a point or not out of that one, though. But, you know, and then it was just, and I mean, that nudge where um, we elbowed one of the players in the back and he just dove forward. It was like the Crows just dove forward and they got a free kick instantly with everything. And, um and we didn't. It didn't seem to come back the other way. You know, there was a few times uh, Schultze sort of got poleaxed and head high tackles, and and nothing was forthcoming. And and our players, Chad got a massive shove in the back. I think um, Jarman Impey got a sh- massive shove in the back, trying to go for a mark, oh, and it was just play on. Inconsistencies there. It, it wasn't a great umpiring display. It was almost fraudulent at times there, especially in the first mm. half. Um, well, we just got absolutely crucified with the umpiring, and I don't think it really had all that much of a of a uh, a play on the result. But you know, well, you it just, just wasn't good enough. You just don't know. I yeah, mean, because right. I mean, really, you take out some of those shots on goal. I mean, it, it's all hypothetical now. I know. And look, and for what I'm saying here, the Crows were the far superior team in the second half, and. They deserve to win um, over us, so I'm not taking that away from them. But I mean, if if that umpiring was a little bit more balanced, coming to half time, we could have been maybe four or five goals up. Yeah. And the complexion of the whole game, the confidence of the players, 
um, you know, it could have been completely different. But That's it, it yep. wasn't. They were right in with the action. And after half time, they, they really uh, took away with it. So, yeah, my hate was the inconsistency of the, umpire, inconsistency of the umpiring. And followed on from last week where I thought we were reamed by uh, the umpires in the first half against the Bulldogs as well. We seemed to try and keep them in the game for as best they could as well. Well, look, it was showdown 37, and it wasn't really one to remember. Uh, we lost 10 goals, 16 to 14 goals, 15. Uh, Jared Pollack kicked three goals, and Jay Schultz kicked two. I want to split this up into two halves and talk about the first half first, because um, we were all over him up up to half time. We were all over him, and uh, yeah, but there was some, still some warning signs that I I, I was sort of noticing, and, and one of them was um, it was noticeable to me in the first half. Um, their midfielders and their half-back flankers were um, creating a little bit more run that I'm used to seeing from opposition teams and uh, running into space and having time to deliver. Um, you know that's been a trait of ours this this season where uh, we haven't uh, we haven't allowed teams that luxury. And but I thought Matty Loeb contested in the ruck, okay, but around the ground again. Uh, he was a bit deficient even in that first half, but he had some nice taps in the first half, feed, feeding our midfielders uh, and getting and getting it forward. And I mean, what about that goal from Matty White in the first quarter? I mean, a stunner! How, how, go, how good stunner. was that goal? You know, it was, was a bloody good goal, and it you know it got the team revved up a bit. And you know, I thought we had a, a very good first half um, in terms of our ability to to get the ball out of the middle. Um, I thought our, our forward line was causing them some issues. Defensively, we were very, very sound, especially across half-back. Um, you know, we, we were doing everything we should have done uh, to take control of the game. We did have control of the game, um, but we just couldn't put it on the scoreboard, especially in that second quarter uh, where I think we kicked two goals seven. Um, and we've we've spoken about Wes off it. I think he had two shots on goal in that second quarter and missed both. Uh, Sammy Gray took a hanger and, and then missed one that he really should have got. I think Monfrey's missed a, a very, very gettable one as well. Um, our clutch goal kicking uh, was horrible on the weekend. Absolutely. And, you know, like you said, two goals, seven. Seven goals, two. Take away some of those iffy free kicks we were talking about. Yep. Complexion of the game is completely different. Absolutely. You know? We should have been five goals up a couple of times in that second quarter. I think we got out to a – I think our biggest lead was 17 points and we got out to another 15-point lead late in that quarter. Um, mm. Yeah, we had a couple of chances to kick goals and, and, you know, it would have really blown the game wide open. And I don't think the Crows would have recovered from that. No, I don't think so. I mean, it you know, footy's a confidence game, which we were talking about just before. And, and obviously we lost a bit of confidence with, for a few factors and, and they gained it because we gave them an opportunity to stay in the game. Um, you know, I thought our switching a play in the first half was really, uh, uh, really efficient. And, you know, our game style was there. We, we just lacked that... Uh, polish. I wouldn't even. I mean, even our marks inside fifty. I think we were quite dominant um, in the beginning, and you know, I think it, it was five to nil at one stage. I can't remember what it was completely at half time, but um, you know, we seemed to have a competitive advantage every week in the marks inside fifty, and that was continuing on in the first half. And and like you said, poor execution, poor delivery, um, really sort of hurt us. I, um, I thought I thought Brad Ebert was a little bit down, and Hamish Hartlett in the first half. Um, they didn't really. Uh, they seemed a little bit off, especially Brad for his high standard that he's set now. Um, but Travis Boak, uh, Ollie Wines, uh, and Jasper Pittard in the defensive group, uh, you know, stood up very, very well. 
and uh, and I guess a, a little bit of a changing point. I don't think it was a massive one, but a little bit was obviously uh, uh, Jacko going off with that injury just before half time. Yeah, well, how much impact do you think that had on the game? Because Loby was uh, was struggling in the ruck. I thought you know he wasn't getting his hands on the ball, and when he was, it was generally going down the throat of Crows players. We know how good Trengove is in the ruck. Um, I don't think we really lost anything defensively, uh, but I think it, it threw out our, our balance, especially our forward having to play West off in the ruck in the second half. Absolutely. I um, Yeah, I mean, he's, he's as Hinkley said in one of his conferences not long ago, um, you know, he's a, bit, he's a bit of a game changer for us in the ruck. And, uh, you know, losing that, I guess, especially in the second half when Robe's influence seemed to disappear altogether, um, you know, it would have been quite handy to, to chuck Jacko in the ruck there. I don't, Westhoff just doesn't have that same effect to me. Um, that's sort of, you know, that's just sort of, oh, who else do we chuck in there? I'm chucking just, Justin. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, look, is that the, the key difference to the game? Don't know. But it, it definitely uh, it definitely worked against us, that's for sure. And, I mean, look, what, Podsy Adley kicked three goals. Has he done that all season? Podsy Adley? Yeah. Did he? I thought he did. I thought I heard on the radio kick three goals. No, he didn't kick anything. <laughs> Sam Jacobs kicked three goals. Maybe he kicked three marks. Took three marks. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I he seemed so. he seemed a little bit inf- he seemed a little bit more influential in the game anyway. He did a lot of uh, good defensive work. I thought Podsy Adley uh, saw like smothers and all that sort of stuff. All the one percenters. Mm. He had a bit of an influence there. But look, I thought uh, our defensive group might as well talk about the second half now. But I thought our defensive group held on pretty strong. I thought Carlisle did a really good job on Walker. Um, yeah, he kept him pretty well out of the game until late. Um, I thought yeah. Impey did a pretty good job on, on bets until the last quarter. Um, you know, Pods Adley, I didn't think had it, had any influence at all. Um, you know, we did it. Holmes did a great job on Lynch, I thought as well. Um, you know, we kept their, that was probably the danger was their, their key forwards and especially coming in with four and seeing how uh, how they'd play for the first time with their with their first string forward line together, I thought we actually held their forward line pretty well. Yeah, I th- I agree with you there, Macker. And I don't think some of those goals can be attributed to Impey. Uh, I thought I no, thought the last, no, especially not the uh, the first couple. No, and I thought the last one where I think the commentators were trying to play in Pittard, I thought that more looked like more Hamish Hartlett's opponent, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought there was a couple of goals kicked on Hartlett where he seemed to get sucked into the contest, and I think Paul Pleasure kicked one as well, um, where no one, I think Hamish was supposed to be near him, and he got sucked in. That was when they were, uh, Crows were going to the northern end, and Paul Pleasure snapped it. Um, yep. So I think Hamish had a bit of an unaccountable uh, aspect to his game uh, yesterday, and uh, which was a little bit disappointing. I don't know if he was just off because of his uh, game off or whatever, but uh, he was... He was probably the disappointing link in our uh, defensive group when he was down there. Otherwise, yeah, I'm I'm with you, especially with Trengove going down, which is a still is a big loss. He's a great player for us, so yep. you know they they sort of stood up uh, as best they could. And and look, our midfield didn't really do him too many favours, did they? No, the midfield sort of threw us under the bus a bit in the second half. Um, you know, kind of got a little bit of a you know flashbacks and, and nightmares from last year where we would. You know, have a really good first half and then come out after half time and just have an absolute horror third quarter. And it happened again uh, yesterday. Uh, we were just nowhere in that third quarter. You know, even 
Actually, I'll take that back. I thought we had a, a really good sort of 10 to 12 minute period late in that quarter where we had the ball mm. sort of well entrenched in our forward half of the ground, but we just couldn't get it on the scoreboard at all. Yeah, that's exactly right. But I mean, they were, it was sort of pressured shots, you know, they, they weren't clean, you know, I mean, I think Wingard had a couple of shots off the ground and, um, you know, there wasn't much clean execution there. And I, I think that's where, I mean, to me, I was pulling my hair out. You know, Scott Thompson was just reaming us. And, uh, yep. you know, we, we really just let it continue. I mean, he was dominating clearances. And he played a fantastic game. And, and we just, I don't know, we just didn't seem to have that match up there. It looked like Robbie Gray was playing on him for a little while. It looked like Brad Ebert was on him at the start of the third quarter. And I think I posted on the forum, we've got to get Brad Ebert off him. And then next minute I'm looking, Robbie Gray's on him. But... Um, it didn't matter who was on him. He just had the ball on the string. I think our boys were just ball hunting a little bit too much and, and not being accountable at all. And he was just feeding the ball out at will and that and that was just killing us. And that was a concern of mine coming into the game, uh, his extraction ability. And I know you were actually concerned about our leadership group. I think that's what you were calling for, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that was my time to stand up was, uh, was the leadership would – uh, group would need to have a big game, and I don't think they did outside of uh, probably Boak and Carlisle, to be honest. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I, I think, uh, I mean, I think, I mean, they've been great all year, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna can them too much. I mean, no. I mean, it is, it is. Look, it's only a third loss for the season. We're still equal top. Um, you know, it just we did seem uh, a little bit flat. So it's interesting that Brendan uh, uh, is saying that uh, you know we didn't. Um, deliver on that. Hopefully, the edits after the Brendan's interview, so uh, not before. <laughs> Otherwise, people won't know what the hell I'm talking about. But um, yeah, it's yeah, we just seen, and that was my concern. If we were a couple of percent off, we we're going to have issues. And I think in the third, in the last second half as well, we seem to our game plan. We try to suck the opposition up the ground, so then we can run around behind them. And I think the Crows were a bit clever. They didn't allow their defensive line to get sucked too far up the ground. So when we tried to expose them, we were always kicking to a three-on-two um, defensive versus forward structure, um, yeah. which means we're always outnumbered at a contest, which is what we try to do. And yeah, uh, right. so they, they really beat us at our own game. Defensively, they structured up well, and they had more run and carry than what we did. Yeah. Look, I think even though... Yeah, that's the worst we've played all year, I think, by a, by a long shot that second half. Um, and despite that, we still had a, a big chance to steal the game in the last five minutes. You know, we, we closed again to within, I think, 10 points and gave ourselves a real shot. Uh, but again, our delivery inside 50 just wasn't there. No, no. Uh, maybe we didn't handle the conditions too well. I mean, obviously, I wasn't there. Um, but, you know, maybe the Crows just were smarter. I mean, their goal kicking was fantastic. You know, some of the goals, other take out Paddy D, which is uh, as per normal, but some of their goals were just, uh, you know, they were well-executed goals and, uh, you know, they did what we couldn't do. So, uh, and hats off, right. off to them. But I was really just thirteen. Five goals, 13 in the second half just is an acceptable goal kick. No. And, but I was really disappointed with Lobie. And, and this is, um, you know, for all his greatness this year, um, this is still one concern I have about him is his lack of influence in the game in, in disposals. Um, he doesn't seem to rack up. I know he's, he, he fights hard in the ruck and he, and he tries to provide a contest in the pack, 
but I don't know if it's just that he's not getting used or he just doesn't get enough of the ball. But, you know, he would have been one player I would have liked to have seen the old Dean Brogan type, you know, especially when Jacko went down, a kick behind the play and trying to clog up space. Where, But where is he? Yeah, he seems to get lost in uh, lost in transit a little bit. You know, it's hard to work out. It's probably easier to tell when you're at the ground, but it was hard to tell yesterday where exactly he was because Jacobs was getting away from him and, and sneaking up forward. He kicked three goals, Jacobs, and, you know, Lobie just didn't have a great day at all. And certainly around the ground, I mean, that's probably my main criticism of him remains that, you know, he, he just doesn't influence, he doesn't take marks. You know, as we've said numerous times on the podcast, you know, as Port supporters, we're used to Ruckman that can drop back behind the play, take some take some big marks. And, you know, it's, it's a really great get-out-of-jail-free card is to have a big Ruckman that, you know, you can just hoof the ball to coming out of defense and they're going to take a big grab and, and get it forward. And we just don't have that with, with, uh, with Loeb's at the moment. No, that's exactly right. And, I mean, he's known for his running ability, but... I mean, I thought Sam Jacobs really exposed him on that yesterday, but Definitely. I guess that yeah. it's only one game. It's it's not a whole season, and you know he he's had a very strong season. So again, we we probably shouldn't be too doom and gloom on him. But another and that was like Brad Ebert. You know, I thought I thought he was pretty poor yesterday myself. What did you think? I thought Ebert that was uh, that was not his best game. I, I thought he really yeah. struggled. I thought. Even though he got a fair bit of the ball and I thought he used it reasonably well, he was just making silly mistakes all over the place. Yeah, Especially some... giving away stupid free kicks. He had four frees against, which... Yeah. You know, and, and they just seemed to be mirror image of each other, you know, with players with their head down and he'd come barging in and, and knock someone in the head. You know, it happened about yeah. three times. I mean, the first one I thought he was maybe a little bit unlucky, but the ones after that, yeah, the second one was just blatant. I mean, the guy's head was down. What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, and it just seemed a bit fumbly. Just seemed a bit off. Maybe, maybe it was the pressure of the crowd or, or whatever. I don't know. But uh, I thought a lot of our a lot of our big names had uh, had pretty poor games. Obviously, Ebert. um, uh, I thought Hartlett was just completely ineffective. Just couldn't get his head in the game at all. Um, I thought Jonas was a little bit down. I think uh, it's hard to rate Monfrey's game because he, he didn't have anywhere near enough of the ball from what we needed, but he actually uh, completely shut Brody Smith out of the game. So it was a bit of a nil-all draw, that one. I thought mm-hmm. Pollock fell out of the game in the second half. Uh, Westhoff was disappointing, and Wingard just had absolute... He just wasn't near the play at all for the whole game. Yeah, I was actually talking to... Uh... Um, one of the Crow supporters who was at the game today, uh, yesterday, and and he was uh, saying to me, like, where was where was Chad? And I said, well, I don't know where was he because on TV it was hard to pick up. But you know, he, I couldn't. He never seemed to be around the ball. And he said, yeah, I could. I hardly noticed him at the game. It was really weird. And uh, yeah, I mean, and I I can't remember who the poster is that's been had brought it up uh, this week. So I apologise once again. Um, to that person, but I mean, it was it is something that needs to be taken note. Um, Chad's first halves this year, they, there has been a lot of quiet first halves. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. Is it, is it where they're playing him, or is it our is our forward structure? But there, you know, there's been quite a few games where he's had. I'm pretty sure he's had less than half a dozen disposals in the first half. Yeah, he only had the 11 yesterday uh, for the whole game and just wasn't in it at all. He had a couple of uh, sockers off the ground, which just missed, which uh, might have been handy if they 
if they went in, but um, I don't know. It seemed like he was playing really deep, and that was all he was playing. You know, we, I don't know if he had much midfield time at all, or you know, maybe we needed to, to put him on a wing or even across a half back to try and run forward of the play a little bit. Mm, well, I mean, yeah, to me, it would have been we were getting, especially in the second half, uh, we were getting smashed in the midfield. It, unless he's injured, it would have been a perfect opportunity to have run him through the midfield and uh, and see if he can get some clearance work. Um, but as we said earlier, I mean, hats off to Travis Bogue. I, I thought he, that was a true crap captain's performance yesterday in a losing game, and I know he probably wouldn't be happy uh, with his team and himself, but, you know, I thought he really led for the from the front. He was courageous and, you know, gut running and just always getting to the next contest and clearances. I mean, I was very, I was very impressed with his performance yesterday. He was fantastic. He was my best on ground. We might as well do the best players. Um, yep. He was my best on ground by an absolute mile. You know, 33 touches. He kicked a goal. He had 10 clearances. He was doing everything humanly possible to get us over the line yesterday. Um, he just didn't have the support behind him. I thought uh, your man Jasper Pittard, you know, that's his uh, his fourth great game in the last five weeks. He had the uh, the downer against Sydney. But outside of that, he's, uh, he's in some pretty mean form at the moment. Um, I thought he was just about um, unpassable across half back there for for a lot of the game. You know, he his positioning was fantastic and he ran off at the right times and delivered the ball really, really well. Um, mm. I thought Ollie Wines was fantastic, especially in the first half. Um, you know, he was pretty much the main reason why we got off to such a fantastic start. Um, you know, again, he doesn't get the credit that he deserves across the AFL. I don't think. I thought uh, Brody had a, a very good game across half back as well. A quite mature performance there, and uh, and I thought Schultz, despite getting um, absolutely hammered time and time again by uh, by Crow's opponents, um, you know he did, he did a great job to end up with a couple of goals. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I'm pretty much I could pretty much say the same. I was going to joke around and and say uh, Jasper was best on ground, but that's um, probably a little bit offensive to Travis. I thought he stood out best on ground. Probably, I probably would have had him the same at to half time. Uh, but yeah, I was the same as you. I had Jasper second best on ground, and and then after that, really, you know, I just thought it was all much of a muchness. I probably you'd split hairs over Brody and um, and Ollie Wines. You know, they they fought hard in a in a losing side, and uh, you know, and then uh, one of the defenders. Uh, you know, you could probably pick a pick someone from there. Um, but yeah, it's just I guess it's just a a really disappointing loss. I mean, I thought the Crows seemed a little bit more hungrier, uh, and which from my perspective is very very disappointing because you know we had that game clear on the ladder up for grabs, and if that's not going to keep you motivated and hungry, um, what's going to do it for you? The only worry for me is uh, this week. I guess if the two key defenders are out, that's uh, that's a big loss, but if we're good enough, we should be able to fill their shoes. Well, apparently Kenny Hinckley was just on 360 and said they'd probably be out for two to three weeks. Yeah, um, that's a, a bit of a worry, but uh, I guess, you know, Cleary's been in good form, so, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be his time to shine. So, And that's where I was alluding to before, you know, do we need to maybe drop West off back and bring in another tall forward. And I think this is a good point just to quickly discuss before we go. This is the risk with the with the structure that we play. Um, we I still think we carry one tall too little. And Absolutely. 
and the, the injury to Trengove show that if we get an injury uh, with the tall department, we're lacking a lot of cover. You never know. You never know. We might see the return of the future as well. You, you never know. I do I do agree, though. I think we are one tall too short. And mm. uh, as you said, that's, uh, that's the Russian roulette you've got to take when you want to play an extra runner. And I think yeah. uh, definitely at times this year, that extra runner has done a lot of good things for us. Um, having that extra small and being a little bit more, a uh, little bit quicker, a little, little bit more fitness on the ground. But um, certainly you're playing Russian roulette in that if you do have an injury to a toll, you're in a lot of trouble. Well, look, let's uh, let's leave it there for now, mate. Pleasure. Onwards and upwards. Look forward to it is. this week. Yes, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be in the locker room and uh, let's see if the boys can uh, sing us the song again. That's it. That's it. Go the power. Sorry. Go the power. Gathered though by Broadbent through the middle of the ground. Now a long kick down in the Paul Stewart direction. He marks and plays on. He keeps his footing. Got away from Ferrito to put the ball away.